0: of product thinking. I am Kyle Evans and this week we are talking about sales commitments versus product commitments. Maybe we're not so different after all. A while back I had an interesting conversation with the head of sales. He mentioned that he didn't think it was fair that they held the sales team to their quarterly revenue goals while the product team always seemed to have a moving target. Uh, Product teams would Commit to certain features only to have those features shift around in priority and not get them done by the end of the quarter. If we did that, we'd never hear the end of it, he said, in more colorful language than I'll uh, refer here. We don't get to move our goals around. In fact, if it looks like we're on track too early, we end up raising our targets. Of course, I was taken aback initially, and I probably got a little defensive. I think the product development process is a little more complex than that, I told him. We don't always get to anticipate everything that comes up in a quarter, and even then, we have to have space to adjust and to learn. Sounds like a load of bullshit, he said. You just have to deliver. He was unconvinced by the nuances of software development, to put it mildly, and it began to dawn on me that. Sales and product development weren't really that different. Let me ask a question, I said. At the beginning of each quarter, do you commit to all the specific sales you are going to make, each company, and the revenue associated with that company? That would be stupid, he said. We have goals for our sales numbers, our number of accounts, and some other funnel metrics, but not for individual companies. Yeah, I replied. Most product teams beg to have those kinds of goals. Each quarter, we get shackled with lists of features. It would be like you having to commit to a list of companies you have to close and then being pressed if you shift to other companies that are more interested or a better fit than the ones you originally thought. So let's talk a little bit more about quarterly goals after just kind of going through that conversation. So each quarter, most companies go through the ritual of creating quarterly goals. This ritual is generally known as quarterly planning or something equally original and creative. And it's always a hellish time. For sales teams, quarterly goals will generally consist of the most important thing for any sales team money, namely revenue or some form of annual recurring revenue, ARR, in the software business. There may be other goals included as well, such as a number of new accounts accounts in new markets or market segments, specific brand names, et cetera. But the main goal for a sales team will always be about selling, which means generating revenue. And in this week's newsletter, which of course you can find at productthinking.cc as always, I put what a traditional sales funnel looks like. And it starts with leads at the top, which then as we go down the funnel becomes marketing qualified leads and then sales qualified leads and then opportunities and then turning into customers or revenue leads come in through a variety of places such as the company's website advertising social media email etc marketing will then work to qualify those leads based on some form of engagement then the sales team can further qualify those leads based on customers who are ready to purchase Those leads then become opportunities and eventually are won or lost and potentially become revenue for the company. The bottom of the funnel is, of course, the most important part. That's where most of the attention is and where most of the goals are for the sales team. And that's how it should be. Any other metric or goals can help drive revenue, but they are only meant to help the bigger goal. No sales team is going to spend the majority of its time. Worried about qualified leads or specific small deals, unless those deals are for some reason particularly important at the end of the quarter. It's going to focus on revenue. Uh, So, I also put in a more simplified view of this same flow for sales. We have leads that move to deals, which leads to money. And that's how it goes appropriately. We focus our goals and energy on the end of that process. And that allows flexibility, as we'll see, in how we get there, which is so important. For product, though, and unfortunately for most product teams, quarterly planning comprises creating lists of features for the quarter and then committing to dates for delivering those features. I've worked in a variety of industries and across a variety of different companies, and most have had some variation of this practice. If you don't do this, you are likely in the minority if you do some sort of periodic feature commitment list based on some sort of calendar cycle you are part of a very very large club there is no funnel necessarily for product development but more of a cycle that consists of discovery strategy and delivery where we understand our users explore solutions and then create them we're constantly going through this discovery process then our strategy and roadmapping goals and prioritization, and then product delivery. It's an ongoing process. This process allows us to create solutions, implement them, measure how well they do, how well they perform against the problems we were solving for, and then iterate. Much like what I referenced in my conversation previously, product development teams need flexibility in order to deliver the right outcomes. Unfortunately, and I know I keep using that word, we get fixated on the wrong part of the process. So, simplifying this down, product has features which lead to some sort of question mark in the middle, which then leads to money. The simplified flow is like the flow that we just talked about for sales, except rather than focusing on the end, that the revenue or the the closed deals along the way, we often fixate on the beginning for product and engineering, at the beginning of the delivery process, because it's so easy to measure. And then bridging the gap between features and revenue, or whatever the key metric is, can be incredibly difficult, which is why so few companies do it. Instead, we rely on the underlying hypothesis that more feature work will impact something, which will lead to more revenue or profit. So we keep driving toward more features. It is like the classic underpants gnomes in South Park. Their plan is to collect underpants and then make a profit. And the middle part is left unclear. But to make matters worse, companies force product and engineering teams to commit to specific features each quarter, or sometimes even for longer periods of time. It's often under the guise of flexibility But as most of us have probably experienced, if certain features get off track or get pulled from the list, it causes all sorts of problems. This would be the equivalent of a salesperson committing to close a deal with XYZ Corporation, but midway through the quarter realizing that they aren't buying and then still having to explain why they as a salesperson aren't working on getting XYZ to close. In most cases, you simply move to the next opportunity that may be a better fit for your software or maybe better timing for a company to be buying. So for product teams, we generally don't bounce from one feature to the next, but we do want to have some level of flexibility to learn and shift. A salesperson can simply close out an opportunity and move on with comments like tire-kicking, POS with no budget, which is an actual quote, by the way. Imagine if this salesperson had committed to having this customer signed at the beginning of the quarter. Should they have to go through a change process? Should they have to report it up to executives? Or should they just close it out and move on to the next deal? For product teams, we beg for the same type of treatment. We would love to report on high level goals and initiatives and the impact they're having on the business while having the flexibility to shift certain features contributing to those goals. If changing the home screen can drive the most impact, then we focus on that. But maybe after a few iterations, we learn it hasn't had the impact we expected. That may mean we should pivot, or it may mean we need to stick with it for longer. Either way, it could mean a shift in the feature work for for the quarter which is why a list of features will always be a bad idea. You know, I initially balked at the idea that sales and product should be treated the same. Then I realized it is exactly what we're always asking for. We want the focus to be on the impact, not the features. So let's keep moving in that direction, getting away from the wrong commitments and getting better about making the right type of commitments so we can get away from the quote bullshit as my former colleague liked to say. So there you have it. That is this week's discussion on sales commitments versus product commitments. Maybe we're not so different. Uh, If you liked this, don't forget to follow us wherever you get your podcasts and head over to productthinking.cc, sign up for the weekly newsletter, uh, subscribe to the paid version or the free version, whichever you would like. So you don't miss out on that. And of course, follow us on social media uh, at product thinking, just one T in the middle for the social medias. And you can follow me at Kyle Larry Evans. And until next time, keep questioning all those assumptions. We'll talk again then.